Welcome to the Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope, and I hope this encourages you wherever you're listening. Enjoy. If you've been here over the last few weeks, you'll know that we've been going through this series looking at who we are, what makes us the church in East London. And I want to make the case that who we are is a people created, called, and set apart to pursue justice. Amen? Amen. In an age of social activism, the biblical picture of justice is as wide-reaching as you can imagine. From the very beginning of Israel, God calls people to welcome the refugees, to treat people from other countries like they're your own flesh and blood. He instills protections for widows, orphans. He tells people to not cheat, don't defraud, don't overwork your employees. With him, he says, there is no partiality. Put simply, God has zero tolerance for injustice and inequality. Rather, he sets the standard as justice being restorative, being merciful, being full of grace. And so as Christians, we are called to rediscover such a justice so that we would be able to point people to the life-transforming love of God. So I would love you to pray with me as we begin this time of meditating on God's word and who he has called us to be. God, we thank you that you have made us in your image. We pray that you would give us hearts that are open and compassionate, that hear your voice and follow you into situations that are hard, that are challenging. We pray that we would recognize you and the people on the edges of society and those who are marginalized and forgotten about. And we thank you for the privilege of getting to co-partner with you to bring justice to this world. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, at the beginning of Luke, Jesus walks into the temple, pulls open the scroll of Isaiah 61, and he says, here am I. The person reading this out is the fulfillment of what you are hearing. He proclaims that he has been anointed and set apart to rebuild, to restore, and to renew. And so as Jesus' followers today, we are drawn into this wondrous calling. With Jesus, we are set apart to make our communities more equal, to help people out of poverty and addiction, and to ultimately display the love that God personifies through our actions. Justice, then, is central to the calling of the church. Whether it's speaking out against sexism or racism or serving those on the margins of our society, the call to justice is clear and it is all over the pages of scripture. And so as we reflect on just why justice is so central to our identity, let's read together a passage from Isaiah 58. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. 
You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail, Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. I mean, I'm done. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to say anything more eloquent than that. I feel like I could just leave you with this manifesto for the Christian life. God says that the types of prayer, of devotion that he is looking for are not clever words or religious acts, but acts of service. Service for those who are in need. Service that displays that we have encountered this God of love so that all the world might see. And I love this passage. There is so much going on here. There's freedom, breakthrough, restoration, answered prayer. It's all here but I've also kind of dropped us in at the middle. So allow me to give you a bit of backstory. The book of Isaiah is all about a people in exile. It's about a people who are trying to work out who their identity is in a weird new normal that they don't quite understand. That sound familiar? People trying to work out who they are in a new normal, in a new environment. And so the passage begins with God complaining that whilst, yes, they remember when to fast at the right times, and whilst, yes, they literally wipe ashes onto their face to look serious and religious, that ultimately, somewhere along the line, they've lost sight of the things that truly matter. God tells them off for simply acting religious when their hearts don't seem to match, when they ignore the needs of the vulnerable or victimized people just to get to what they want, And so instead, he says that true fasting, that true devotion is to loosen chains and untie ropes. In other words, our faith isn't about how clever or religious we can sound, but about whether the actions that we make will point people to God. And I have to say, this is like the most poetic sounding rebuke I've ever heard, but it is a rebuke to Israel nonetheless. And if there's anything for us to learn as Christians thousands of years later, it's that a true commitment to justice is what makes us us. It's what makes us look like God, look like Jesus. It's what points people to a God who saw the brokenness of this world and he answered by paying the price with his own life. Jesus knows the struggles of poverty and inequality. Jesus honoured those on the margins time and time again. And he was wrongly and unjustly put on trial that he might pay for our sins. None of that is an accident because justice is at the core of the Christian faith. The pastor Tim Dearborn writes that for Christians, the pursuit of social justice for the poor and oppressed is the decisive mark of being people who submit to the will and way of God. That's a whole word, so I'm going to say it again. (laughs) For Christians, the pursuit of social justice for the poor and oppressed is the decisive mark of being people who submit to the will and way of God. 
Modern justice movements will only last for as long as we have energy or attention for, but biblical justice looks like committing to a whole way of life. It looks like committing to our values and priorities being formed by loving God and loving our neighbour. There's no space here for personal gain or self-interest. After all, God is in the business of freeing and restoring people. And so if we love our neighbours, if we love them enough to see their chains and help to free them, we are taking up our call as Christ's hands and feet. What I love about freedom with God is that there's no partial freedom. There's no help people a little bit. The passage says that we are to break every yoke, that we are to set the oppressed free, that we are to loose the chains. I mean, now's the point, like, if the worship team want to get back up and start singing Break Every Chain, you can kind of feel it, right? You feel the energy. But ultimately, the point is this. God desires total freedom, a freedom that calls us as the church to push beyond our comfort zones, that we might meet people right where they are, that we might recognize the humanity in them. I love verse 7. It says, Do not turn away from your own flesh and blood. God hasn't suddenly started talking about families. He's still on injustice. He's still on the poor and oppressed. Rather, he is saying that the foreigner, the, the refugee should be treated as your own family. God is calling us to honour and welcome people from wherever they have come from as if they're your own flesh and blood, as if they're your own child, your own loved one. There is no opt-out in this language. Rather, God is calling us to see that all have been made in his image, that how we treat our neighbour ultimately shows what we believe about God. And we know this to be true because over the centuries, Christians, as they encounter the love and healing of God, have been a catalyst for movements of deep change. Think of William and Catherine Booth, who offered soup, soap, and salvation to people living in the slums across East London. Think of Alauda Equiano and William Wilberforce, who fought for the abolition of slavery at a time where it was popular and approved of. Think of Martin Luther King, who laid down his life so that children wouldn't have to grow up with segregation and fear. The list is endless. And in truth, there are thousands of names that will never know this side of heaven, but their faithfulness to God made all the difference. And you can do that too. Don't discount the impact that you just sitting there can have. You might think, I'm not much of a campaigner, or I don't know how to do public speaking. But I promise you that the very values and passions that you have will point people to Jesus, and he's the one who does the liberating. As Martin Luther King said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. And this is a call for each of us. That much is clear. The language of Isaiah 58 is direct and commanding. Share your food with the hungry. When you see the naked, clothe them. Satisfy the needs of the oppressed. This isn't a message for the select few, for those who work in the charity sector or those who already volunteer. 
This is a call to arms for every one of us who follows God. So what would it look like for you to respond to God's call? Where might God be calling you to act justly? Who does he want to remind you to build back up and support? Isaiah's context might have looked different from ours, but there are still people on the margins. There are still people at the bottom of the pile when it comes to opportunities and access. Yet God says that we are to share what we have, that we are to cover the vulnerable. Ultimately, we are called to act, not to look away when confronted with injustice. Can I be really earnest for a moment? I cannot help but dream of a church where people don't have to walk into our doors to encounter the love and mercy of God, where the local shop assistants and job seekers and school children already know about the Christians at Sane because we show up for them. Because we pray and contend for the people of Shoreditch, of Hackney, of Leighton, of West Ham, because we love them enough to let that love be active. These are places where God yearns to see justice come, where God longs to see reconciliation and people delivered from addictions. Verse 9 says that you will cry out before God that you will lift the needs of oppressed before the one who is merciful, and that when you do, he will answer. We have been set apart to serve others. We have been set apart as the first fruits, as the people who have seen God's abundance and will not settle for anything less. Why would we inhabit a space and a place where others don't get that? This is our calling. This is what it means to be the church. Someone better hand me like a flannel or a fan. I am getting fired up here. You know, before I got ordained, I worked for Women's Aid, a domestic violence charity. And I'd love to say that I did it for some really noble reason, but actually it was deeply personal. My grandma, who was basically a third parent, had fled from a really violent marriage when my mum and her siblings were just teenagers. And yet she was the most loving person I knew who constantly made space for those on the margins. If you've not had the privilege of meeting my mum, I'm sorry for you, fix that. (laughs) She is one of the bravest people I know. And for those of you who don't know my story, I grew up in a house where there was a lot of controlling behavior. When my dad controlled everything from what I could wear to when I could leave the house, from who I could speak to. And yet just like my grandma, I watched my mum make so much room in her life for other people. I watched her choose to use her skills for a job in child protection, for a job literally just helping to rescue the kids that go unseen right here in East London. And if you ask her nicely enough, she might even tell you how integral coming back to faith was for her to rediscover her self-worth, for her to rediscover the full freedom that God had for her as she left that life behind. You see, I watched these two women who I adored 
choose to not let their tough experiences in life be the end of the story, but with God to make room for other people, with God to do justice, to show up, to enact the love that so many of us are still looking for. And so as a 20-something-year-old with a degree in politics, I just applied for a job. I didn't do anything impressive or anything skillful. I just believed enough that people on the margins mattered to God. And I went, here are my skills. Use them if you can. You can do that too. Everyone can do that. In fact, I know so many of you already do. These are the moments where I realize I've not mentioned this to people. But amazing people like Versailles, who teach in the prisons, Amazing retirees like Miriam who are helping people back into work. Amazing volunteers like Polly who stand with the most vulnerable women in Tower Hamlets seeking to honour and dignify you. The church are doing these things. You are embodying those things. It's only Michael to cheer you on and remind you that these are the building blocks of our faith. There is no time like the present to pursue justice. And a few months into this job working for Women's Aid, I came across a verse in James, a verse that, if I'm honest, still makes me cry, so I'm just going to try and get through it and not embarrass myself. But the verse says, the religion that God our Father accepts as pure is to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress. Our service is the fruit of a lived out faith. When we participate in sharing our food with those in need, when we loosen the chains of injustice, we are acting out of God's nature because he has made us in his image. So when you sit with people at Lighthouse, when you serve people in need, when you call out prejudice where you see it so that people can fully be who they were made to be, you are pointing people to God, to the God who advocates, who creates new realities and longs to set his people free. These are the actions that make us Christ's hands and feet. These are the actions that bring healing just like Jesus did. This is what makes us church. And as we reflect on who we are and what sets us apart, let's pray for all that we can accomplish together. In verse 12, it says that we will rebuild the ancient ruins, that we will be called repairer of broken walls. God is calling for us to be known for restoring broken communities. God is beckoning us to uncover new stories for places that have long been written off. And what a privilege it is that God says, come along for the ride. Let me show you how to love others like I do. When we pursue justice, we contend for the realities of heaven in the here and now. We give witness of all that is to come, offering a foretaste of God's kingdom. So let us recommit to social justice today, not just as an optional part of our faith, but as a crucial display of the God that we believe in. Amen? Amen. Let us pray as we wait on the Spirit to speak to us again. Perhaps it might help to close your eyes or bow your heads, whatever helps you to concentrate on God. 
But Lord, we pray that you would stir our hearts to pursue justice like you do. We pray that we would be people who demonstrate your love, that we wouldn't just speak of it, but that we would show it to our neighbours. Come, Holy Spirit. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's Saint podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to find out more ways of connecting or if you want to support the vision of Saint, you can head over to saint.church. For now, have a great week and we'll catch up really soon.